people, you could barely hold the guns that were getting so hot, and they just kept running. And we had this great experience. We learned so much, right? And afterwards, um, Clay, Clay and I were talking, and he's like, hey, I just want you to know, I thought they were going to eat you alive, and I didn't want to let you go. I didn't think it was a good fit for us, but uh, Tony encouraged me to do it. And as it turns out, he, he was right, and, and that was really high praise coming from him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, he thought we were going to get eaten alive, you know, because it's Kalash Bash. You know? Yeah. But it was the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah. So. Awesome. So, Paul. It's punctuation. Yes. Correct? Yes. And you're with Foxtrot Mike Products. Products. It's really easy because it's on your shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. does help. It, does. it, it helps. <laughs> And I'm with Big, Big Tech's Ordinance, right? Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, Thanks for joining us this hey, morning. Hey, man. It's and a pleasure if, to be here. And if you're tuning in, we are on our second day of the Lethal Weapons Texas extravaganza is all I can say about it. Is it it's been phenomenal. It has been. It's been a, they had a, just a witness to behold. Uh, I've seen uh, multiple uh, Burt's from Trimmers out here. Yesterday, there's one running around. The Heat crew in multiple outfits. I saw that as around. well. Um, who is that? Uh, Jurassic Park. We had, there, I did not see you that. Didn't see uh, Kyle from Sons of Liberty was dressed up as uh, the the old dude, the billionaire from Jurassic Park, and his his uh, girlfriend was out here as a as a inflatable T Rex. So they yeah. were walking through. It was amazing. Uh, it reminded me of a clash bash. It's kind of the same oh, yeah. energy. You know? Yeah. It's really cool. But at least, it, but with this, it's not only AK centric, it's eighties mm. and nineties movies, which is what we all pretty much grew up in, with yeah. or yeah. enjoyed to some extent. And, and next year I'm going to bring my dad out because he, you know, like we, that's what we did. We, we sat on the couch and watched action movies when I was a kid. He yeah. get a kick out of all of this stuff. Yeah, you know? it's been great to see it all. There's a whole bunch of, you know, the the current, the correct guns for that era and people rolling through your booth with them. It's fun oh, yeah, to see all yeah. that. It's really and they're cool. using them in like the drag race. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of fun. The, the Magpul crew was out here on Friday shooting and they were dressed as General Schwarzkopf's bodyguards, Delta Force dudes. And they had a General Schwarzkopf in, in, in chocolate chip fatigues right and then they were shooting stages like that it was it's awesome oh really i missed all that yeah they were here on friday shooting it earlier and then they took off but so paul yes so paul tell us a little bit about yourself sure and fox truck mike products um i used to uh i'll try and give you the short answer i used to have a motorcycle shop and the last thing that i needed to learn was machining and I did a traditional manual machining apprenticeship, and then uh, I started studying CNC, and I, I really took to it, really enjoyed it, uh, which is kind of advanced machining techniques. And uh, that got me into R&D, working for an R&D company, doing rapid prototyping, and we were making medical device stuff back then. And uh, it got me an opportunity to do some things that were recognized as, as cool, and it, they sent me to, allowed me to go to school to be an engineer. I did, but I was kind of a, um, always a gun nut and I was a knucklehead and I wanted to put a CNC in my garage and I bought it and <laughs> for I had reasons. it I just for reasons, <laughs> for reasons. Yes, exactly. And then I got it to my house and I realized I couldn't fit it under the overhang of the garage door. So I had to take the spindle off. This is in my infinite wisdom, got it inside and I just literally the rigor was there and I was just there with a bunch of wrenches. I took the spindle off without any instructions, got the the thing inside the garage. And then I realized I had to power, put power to it and it cost as much as the machine to add the power because I didn't think that through at that time. This was a long time ago. And I just started making parts for 1022s and AR parts and then uh, the, for myself. And then they would go out into the world and uh, people say, hey, who made that? And it was like this guy. And one day I met this guy and he's like, hey, do you think you could make some parts for me? I said, sure. And he just kept coming back and kept coming back. And, um, and he introduced me to some people. And I didn't realize at the time, but he, he knew the right people and his opinion mattered. And so that's really how I got introduced a it was flew me out to help a team of engineers fix a problem and i walked in and i'm like well there's your problem in like five minutes i went out in the machine shop and i fixed it and i left and 
And that's how it all started. Started making firearm parts and doing consulting. Um, set up some machine shops to make uppers and lowers and stuff. Um, and went around the world and, you know, did firearm design internationally for about seven years. Um, met Bill Wilson, um, ended up at the end of my design career. He's like, he said, Hey, come to Arkansas and work for us. And I did. It was, it was a fun ride, uh, for a few years working for Bill at Wilson combat. And during that time we did developed a gun called the EDCX nine, mm-hmm. which was a huge success. And I just looked around and realized that I probably was never going to be able to afford a product like that. And I, I didn't want to, I wanted to make products for blue collar people. I just, something I wanted to do. And, uh, the, the real backstory is my, my old friend, uh, and partner, you know, he's like, Hey, what do you, why don't you, um, do it for yourself? I'm like, well, I don't have the money to do it for myself. And then one day he's like, okay, no problem. Let's just do it. And he gave me the money to do it. <laughs> he wasn't. And we started the company, uh, started shipping product about seven years ago, nine mil. Um, and, uh, we just kind of had a slow organic growth. We didn't really, our market or advertise and our philosophy was we were going to do three things, which was, you know, care more than your competitors about the product, which wasn't really that hard <laughs> if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, and you know, care more about your customers than your competitors, um, which we take a lot of pride in how we treat our customers. And then the last thing is, you know, how we wanted to make sure we treated our people better than our competitors. It could be a vendor. It could be the anodizer. It could be people that sell you, sell you aluminum. So that we just went into that with that philosophy. And, and my job was just to get my guns in people's hands. And then it would tell them stuff about me that they didn't know until they got it in their hands. And here we are seven years later, and we did pretty good. That's awesome. Um, a good story I should tell you about how we did Clash Bash with Clay and Tony. Um, so we had a, uh, uh, the nine mil platform, we really kind of did a great job of, of, uh, amassing a following for the PCC world for our product it was well known. And we'd, we'd established a really good brand recognition. And then at one point with the brace regulations, maybe 19, 20 minutes, 20 months ago, the bottom kind of fell out of that market. Um, which was how we, our, our lane was long and narrow. That's how we made our money. So we had been developing this other AR for a long time that had an integrated recoil system, and we started launching that about two years ago. Um, and we just had an idea to take that same integrated recoil system. We're like, this makes perfect sense to do an AK. One of the challenges of doing an AK variant on an AR platform is the orifice for the magwell is so big to get the AK mag way up in there, up high, like an AK needs it to be. Um, it doesn't, it really, really mitigates kind of the bearing surface for the carrier. And yeah. as the carrier is going forward and back, it wants to drop down in that hole. That's because the, the carrier is unsupported. So that was never going to work for us. But with our other system, the system we're doing now, all that's integrated into the upper and the carrier kind of rides along a rail. Um, I'm like, this should probably work pretty good. And it ended up working great. And so out of the blue, uh, we get a call from Tony. He's like, would you be interested in doing Kalash Bash? And I'm like, yeah, I really would. We have a platform coming out. It's perfect for that. Would you allow us to have it there? Because that's so AK-centric, right? And we have really a hybrid. Ours is a D-I-A-R, really, on the top. Yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, I think we could do that. And so he's like, let me get back to you. And he went and talked to Clay. And I, and there's some backstory there. And he called me back. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we can do this. We can do this. So we, we went to Clash Bash. And we brought our 102, which was a 5.56 AK. It was the easiest and the simplest to execute because we already had a 5.56 platform. And we we had identified some mags that would work. And we're like, yeah, let's take these production samples and we'll do our production testing at Clash Bash, right? See what happens. Yeah. And so we 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 you know we had a, we had some rounds down them, but we didn't really know because like you can do everything right and then send the gun out in the world and some guy will break oh, yeah. your gun and teach you about it. Like, yeah. This is a really good opportunity. So we went, and uh, it went great. Like people freaked out. We were we were packed. I mean, we we shot like we maybe thirty thousand rounds over two days. Um, and we were packed. It was just nonstop and we had fans on the guns and Pete, you could barely hold the guns that were getting so hot and they just kept running and we had this great experience. We learned so much. Right. And then afterwards, um, Clay 
Clay and I were talking and he's like, Hey, I just want you to know, I thought they were going to eat you alive and I didn't want to let you go. I didn't think it was a good fit for us, but uh, Tony encouraged me to do it. And as it turns out, he, he was right. And, and that was really high praise coming from him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, he thought we were going to get eaten alive, you know, cause it's clash bash, you know, yeah. but it was the exact opposite. That's phenomenal. Yeah. That's it was, cool. There's some good dudes. I, I think I've met them in, in 2017 or 2018, the first time. Yeah. And and ever ever since I was like, you know what, these guys are on it. I want to be a part of everything that they're doing. Yeah. And and every time we've been we've been I've either went out and wrote a, wrote an article on it mm. or we've sponsored it in some way. Yeah. And they've they've continued to entertain and amaze and put out a continually improving product. And the and I think what goes unnoted is how well organized and what a great job they do on executing. That really goes unnoticed yeah. by a lot of people. But when you do a lot of trade shows, um, I can tell you, it's September, I think, was Kalash Bash. I've been doing this for a long time, maybe more than I've done trade shows for 10, 15 years. That was the best run trade show I've ever seen, ever, bar none. It was, it was, it was perfect. Um, you know, Usually you leave those things with something to complain about because it's yeah. so stressful on the team to be away and the burdens of them and yeah. traveling with 20 guns is always fun. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> always, it's always something. Yeah. yeah. And this like Friday, I saw him out here when I, we came to drop off our stuff. I was like, Hey man, you need anything? No, man, we're good. And then I was fixing to leave. I'm like, Hey man, you need anything? He's like, Hey, I, I might need you to go buy the house. We might have forgot one thing. I'm like, all right. And then he's like, Nope, we've got it. I was like, all right, cool, dude. You're good. Yeah. All right. See great. you in the morning. And every time I've seen them, chill. Yeah. Nothing going on. Can you imagine how many moving pieces they have to I do this to. thing? I'm good. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do this. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. <laughs> I could barely book my travel. I'm good. Yeah. I mean, I barely I, made it here. We had issues getting here. Every day we've had some little thing pop up that was not monumental, but like, hey, where, where are these blankets? We're supposed to have these blankets. There's none in the truck. Oh, well. Mm. Where'd you come from? Conroe. We're just right up the road. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, inter- interesting is that like how these worlds. How, were, were you at Wilson Combat in two thousand eight or two thousand nine? Were you there? Uh, no, Not that yet? was before me. Yeah, I think Not so. Yet? Yeah, I actually I think about that for a minute. No, I was in. Uh, it's probably been eight, seven years. Okay, eight since, years since you've been there. Yeah. All right, seven, eight years. So the uh, the that's an interesting facility. Oh my God! In Arkansas, isn't it? Oh my God! It's you, incredible. Hey, go go down the road, turn by the dead oak tree, go up the valley, right? Go up the road, and then there's think think about think about where they put it. There's it's they it's in the side of a mountain. There is no cell service. You yeah. can't get. There is no like try getting a cell signal there. Like there yeah. was some thought went into that. You know what I mean? And he just it just it, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. I mean, he's an amazing. He's an inspiration, man. When you think about all the most successful companies in North America, and the way I think it is probably only one that's owned by a guy, right? And most of them are open by corporations or boards or whatever. It's just one one dude. Yeah. Something to be learned from him. Yeah. He's you definitely know? been in it for a long time. Yeah, man. And he can and he's got juice. If he says, Hey man, Beretta M9s are cool. People are like, you know what? I think I'll buy a Beretta M9. You know, it, it, he can, he, I have, I have no way of, I could never do that. He's got way more sway than I do. Yeah. And so you, you took all that experience that you, you became an engineer and started engineering your own products at a price point for blue collar people. Blue collar people. So not the, what does the EDC nine go for now? 15, six, is it 15, 16? I don't know. I, mean, I, don't I don't even know. know. All my all my stuff is always going to be sub a thousand. I'll okay. never never go a thousand dollars more than a thousand dollars. And you're making a a, a, a di, ak. We do yeah di five, five six. Mm-hmm. What else? What else? We do a we do our we do a five five six variant. You know, all of our guns can shoot from the folded position, which is we were out before the Jackal on the all the CMMG products. We've been out on the market for two years doing a very similar product. Okay. What's really worked for us is it's well received. Like we're trying to support blue collar people by selling them an upper as a as the lowest cost point of entry because that upper comes included with a pick rail adapter that we make and provide them, so they can take their standard lower, 
pull off their buffer tube, put our pick rail adapter on, use our upper and have something that can shoot from the folded position uh, is more compact, no matter what barrel length. And then they have all these options for the back of the gun, the bufferless thing. Yeah. So we did that about two years ago, mainly selling uppers. Um, but is that the, 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 that's what was an easier cost of entry as kind of this whole inflation market evolved over the yeah. last couple of years. You know what I mean? It's changed the buying habits. Oh, yeah. So um, we've been doing that integ- that upper, that gun with the integrated recoil system for a couple of years, and we've, we've done well with it. It's, um, it's been well-received. Uh, and then the AK is just kind of the next thing. Um, and we're going to do a 7.62 by 3.9, which everyone keeps asking about for obvious reasons. Yeah, right. But, um, you know, a 5.56 AR is not a great option to put a, a, that caliber in. I just think you're, you need something a little more stout for that round. I think when people put a seven, six, two by three, nine in a five, five, six bolt head, that's, I think there's, they should consider making that, uh, rethinking that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause you're, you're kind of eating up a lot of what makes that bolt strong by opening up the bolt yeah. diameter. So, um, we, we've kind of, we went back we stumbled on something we patented. Fortunately, we, we looked at the relationship between the barrel extension and the bolt. And what we realized was, um, I wish I had my computer right now was there was some ways to make the bolt stronger, um, without sacrificing any strength in the barrel extension. So we, we made, we made the bolt head a little larger and we kind of changed the way that it interacts. And we were able to make like this really stout. I'd say it like a small, you know, the uh, DP mustard, a small frame, uh, air 10, kind of that mentality, you know, but in the barrel extension and in the uh, bolt head to fit in uh, AR 15, you know, so it's been a fun ride and we're, we're trying to bring that to market in the next 90 days, just the production testing, get that completed. That's going to be a big thing for us. So you do, you do nine mil five, five, six and move it into seven, six, two. Yeah. Do you do 300 blackout? Anything like that? We're, uh, we have everything to do 300 blackout, uh, except the chamber reamers. We're waiting for those in the next couple of weeks. We'll be finishing up some product. Um, and, uh, so there's a huge opportunity there. Here's my thing about 300 blackout is I, th- I think, and I could be wrong that those guys that want 300 blackout are extremely vocal. And then I think what happens is you make like a few hundred to serve them and maybe you sell 20 or 50. That's the yeah. risk of 300 blackout. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I could, we could, we could probably turn the camera off and, and talk about vocal audiences and how, how much they actually purchase very for, for hours. Agreed. On, on stuff. And that, I mean, that's not bad. That's not saying, you know, if, if we had, if we made a bunch of purple ARs, we would literally sell a dozen of them, you know, and like there's, there's people out there for it, but, well, I, we're going to have a retail website in the upcoming months, which we've struggled. We've really resisted that, but we're going to do that to do this kind of things to test the water for something. Yeah. Cause the last thing I want to do, I don't want to do a run of 300 blackout. I'm going to have to require that the distributor, if they wanted to order that would order a certain amount to justify me running right, it. Right. And then if they don't move for them, it would be a bad, it would be a bad thing to put upon them. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, I would rather do it. I'd rather let, let me put my toe in the water and do it on my website to see yeah. if people want it. No, for sure. For sure. So currently, uh, are you through distribution only? So we're, we originally started with like a whole, uh, direct to consumer people like aim surplus and Brownells and primary arms were our really key partners in optics planet and Glock store and all those, uh, direct to consumer. And, uh, we, we were selling to classic firearms and they had a relationship with a distributor called 10 ring. And they brought us into distribution a few months ago, maybe six months ago, um, selling to all the big, big companies or a lot of, you know, a lot of big, uh, a lot of bigger companies are picking up our brand now, which has been helpful. Um, but, um, you know, being a distribution is different. <laughs> um, I think, you know, we're the, what we struggle with is what we deal with every day on a customer service basis. Our number one complaint is that we're out of stock everywhere. And so when uh, things aren't going well in the market, I think what happens is they're heavy on a skew, like 16 inch rifles are like, well, we can't order any more until we get the dollars down in this skew. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can see that. So that's just the nature of it. So our problem is we're sold out everywhere. And people are the number one complaint we have on our customer service is they can't find the product. Right. 
And that's so uh, we have to start a retail upside. There's no way around it. So, and I think the, and the, and the thing is, is once you're out of stock for a number of weeks, if there's demand for your product, you never get those weeks back. You know, every SKU is sold out for our most popular SKUs and they're not ordering more. Yeah. So there you go. So we have, we have to have a retail website. Yeah, you've got to constantly move. Yeah, it is. Oh, I got a big machine to feed. I have yeah. 30 people that work for us, you oh, know? Fantastic. Yeah. It's a pretty big operation. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so you have, you have to be able to find a way, right? How You're, many guns do you, do, okay, let me back that up. So you do complete guns, correct? Yes. And you do then complete uppers. Mm-hmm. And we do complete lowers and parts and things of okay. that nature. And so like, could I get all the components and build a Foxtrot mic upper if I wanted to, or is it well, always complete uppers? Well, that's a great question. So like what we've, we started, some people want to do, that's a great question. Thank some you. people want to do custom, uh, custom anodizing or seracoding. And so we sell them a kit and we will, when they get the, they, and they'll get it coded when they're ready to put it together. There's, there's some things that make our stuff unique. We have a taper lock barrel nut. We were the first company to do that. And we like to see a little anti-seize on the, on the barrel so that when you're, yeah. it can, it, you can gain torque and allow it rotate, you know, a little bit of grease in there helps it's little things like that. And there's some subtlety to it. It's not hard to do, but you can screw it up if you're not being careful, just like anything else. Oh, yeah. So we do it. If people ask, we do it and it's worked out pretty good. Most of those guys don't have any trouble putting it together. It's pretty basic cool. stuff, but yes, you can. If you reach out to us via email info at FM products, we can do it. Um, but that's, it's funny. People are asking for that more and more now. Yeah. They're all yeah. doing like custom stuff. Yeah. And you know, one, one thing that we've seen, uh, not, not to give any industry secrets away, but like, so, you know, pandemic, everybody was just wanting whatever you're going to get, you know, pandemic, you had such a large audience and such a mm-hmm. large customer base that they were just, you know, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. And then the guys who didn't need one because they already had one, they thought they should buy it anyway, that because they couldn't get online and get it any anytime mm-hmm. they wanted. So they're, yeah. they're going to have three of that rifle instead of two of that rifle or one of that rifle. And then now with how the economies went and the struggles that we're seeing every day on that side, now instead of somebody just buying that complete gun, now they're back to building using components, even though it's not cheaper. Like it was in 2010, 2013, that time frame when I first got into like the gun building community and the training community was like, <clears throat> Well, I could buy that AR for X amount, or I can build that AR for three hundred bucks less, and then I can afford that that optic that I want, right? Mm-hmm. But now it's not really cheaper to component build something unless you look at it as it's a cheaper at the time of purchase. Agreed. So I can buy the lower on this paycheck. I can buy the that's, upper. That's what I was going to allude yeah. to. Exactly what you're saying is that it's 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 the money that you have to work much harder for your. Uh, the, the, the marketing side of it now because money is much harder to yeah. come by for your users. Yeah. Right. So what I'm, and you're hundred percent right. Like I want to sell the parts and I want to sell a strip lower and an upper just so a guy and a, and a complete lower has options every, every couple of paper. If he wants to put the money aside, he could buy my stuff piecemeal. Like yeah. you're saying, yeah. maybe then an optic, maybe then some magazines, maybe then some ammo. That's how I did it. Yeah. That's yeah. how I yeah. did it. That's yeah. how I did it. That's how you I'm know? still doing it. I yeah. got a whole box of stuff at work and I'm like, I'll take that. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not like that. I, I was, we and I were talking, I think before we started about, you know, customers and stuff. And I'm like, I still, it's very easy to remember those days where I would go out to the range on a Saturday. It was my one day, you know, I worked a lot and that's how I, that's what I did to, to enjoy. That's what I did for enjoyment. And I bought something and that money was hard to come by and it didn't work, man. I was hot. Mm-hmm. I was hot. Mm-hmm. And for so sure. one of the things we do is we answer customer service seven days a week. Okay. You know? That's awesome. And you know, it helps. It helps to have someone respond on a Sunday at eight o'clock. Oh, yeah. It definitely does. Um, yeah, we take pride in that. Yeah, yeah no, that's good. We don't. We one of the things that we do is we we don't work Saturdays and Sundays, and we typically don't work nights. But like our ticket resolve time yeah. from the time that that first contact is to the time that it's fixed and resolved and wow. done is twelve hours. Great, and we don't work nights and weekends. So think about that. In the, in the whole grand scheme of things. 
Man, I got something to learn from you. That's it's, good. We'll talk about it. We can yeah. talk, we'll bore everybody to death yeah, how I know. that works. But customer service is, is that's one of our key tenants in, at Big Techs. And I mean, it's well, so, well think you. about this. When we launched the product two years ago, any person for the first six months, any person who had a customer service issue, I personally resolved it out of 30 people. I wouldn't let anybody do the customer service ever because if you do that, you live in a bubble. And your people are out there in the world solving your problems behind your back, doing what they think everything is right, and you don't really understand what's actually happening with your product. Yeah, I want to know the first, and it was so, and those people were so amazed. Like for those first six months, that was the that for like as a brand, I didn't intend it, but it was really well received. Mm-hmm. Like they loved it. Like the owner of the company is reaching out to me on this. Oh yeah, it wasn't it wasn't overly burdensome. I I still remember. That's so cool that you do that because, like, I still remember. I mean, this is 10, 10, 10 or twelve years ago. What is it? Yeah, twelve years ago. Getting an email from Roger Wang from FCD from Forward Control Designs. It wasn't Forward Control Designs. He was with Battle Battle Arms, I think, at that in right. at that point in time. Because I had a question about their new safety, and he was the one that designed it. And he emailed me, and I didn't know anybody at that time. I was a Freaking staff sergeant in the army that just trained on the weekends, you know? And 10 years from now, that dude's going to remember that you emailed him and yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what the hardest thing is, you know, you, you do this for a long time. You, you see, you get all those, you know, that you grow and you succeed and you do all this volume and you still try to main the hardest thing for me seven years in is maintaining the threads of those relationships that I've created all those years. Cause I'm spread so thin. Yeah. You know, I always show pe- pick when people are like, Hey, where are you? And I just show them how many texts I have un unanswered. Hi, I'm Chris from big techs ordinance and I'm Ian from big techs ordinance. <laughs> And today we've got the weekly update. So first off from Voltor is the classic Murr upper receivers, right? So we've got them in foliage green, black, standard black. Those were my picks. What do you got over there? Um, for Boomer? all for all the wheel gun enthusiasts out there, we've started carrying some some Safariland Comp Three and Comp Two speed loaders for J frames and K frames. So if you guys need a good speed loader for all of your um, revolver needs, we got some. Uh, we have the new Streamlight Wedge XT also. These come in black and FDE. Great little task light. You know, drop your keys underneath the couch. You're looking for your burrito. Good little option from Streamlight. Comes with a little lanyard on it as well. Solid price point on those. I would I'll yep. have to reference the price point on USB-C those. USB-C rechargeable and it has a deep carry uh, pocket, pocket clip, clip on it. Yeah, so. option. Looks great. Coming up, there's a bunch of classes. We've got Paradox training. I'll oh, be across yeah, the street at the, at the, at the range. Uh, doing that the 27th, not this weekend, but next weekend. Anyway, lots of training events coming up. We just also posted the Sons of Liberty. Oh, yeah, the Armors class. Armors class in May. It's up on the website. Anyway, thanks for watching. Be safe. Finger guns. I couldn't do that. That's you got yeah. four hundred forty-eight unanswered texts. I have about that's crazy. I have about eighteen. I I get about two thousand emails a day when I wake up in the morning. Two thousand, and I, and I still try to maintain those connections. So like I have like twenty thousand emails when I start the day, and I try and get it down to like sixteen thousand, and I'm just clicking all the ones I don't want to read, and and I go back, and that takes me like that's how I start my day. It's like three or four hours of my day is just staying I've, connected to those people, trying to. Trying to, yeah. And doing a terrible job at it. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, that's, that's real talk right there. It's, that's hard. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. I got well, a couple ideas for you. We'll talk about offline. <laughs> I need, I need help, man. It's like, it's like trying to teach your grandpa how to use the remote. You know, yeah. so you, I'm, <laughs> you know? I'm going to tell on myself here too. So I've been out here at the range, the ranch for probably a dozen, a dozen events. And yesterday I shot, I, I mag dumped a suppressed MP5 over there at Suns. Mm-hmm. That's the most rounds I've ever shot out here. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah. You should come by. Are you here? Are, when are I'm you... going to. I'll, I'll come by today. But that's just saying because I'm always out here and I'm not, you know, I'm out here. I'm taking pictures, writing an article. I'm out here running a tent. I'm out here running this. I'm out here. I'm not out here. You know, I've been out here for a half a dozen classes and you know what I'm doing? What's that? Taking pictures of the classes, taking video of the classes. But this. Uh, not doing that. This place is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, for a venue. Right. Where are you going to go? Well, this is amazing. This is a perfect spot. Easy to get to, you know, lodging in the area. It's, it's perfect. Yeah, lodging, lodging on site. I mean, the campground was out of control last night, apparently yeah, to no. the videos, but no, man, I was in the bathtub at eight 30 last night. <laughs> I, was <laughs> I, was <stuck> not. <laughs> I was stuck on the interstate. Really? Yeah. I drove. We're, we're, we're about an hour and a half from here. So you're, you two went hours. back. So I went back. I got two little kids, you know, they, they want to see dad, yeah. dad come home. And so my hour and a half trip to, turned into almost two and a half hours because there was a, slow down on 10 and I couldn't get out as concrete on both sides. But I mean, it's fantastic. You know, you're, you're what an hour from the airport here. Yeah. You know, good. It's great. Good. Yeah, it's good, great. good venue. And yeah, where, good are you, where are you based out of? I don't think we're in Boise, like, Idaho, Boise, Idaho. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That's some pretty country out there. Yeah, man. It's, if you don't look around, uh, there's so much to see there. It's, it's high desert, but there's stuff, places like Sawtooth Mountains and Ketchum, and there's a lot to see and do there if you're out, if you like camping and fishing yeah. and stuff like that. It's a good place for that. And you've been, uh, obviously, you were in Missouri for a little bit. I was in uh, Berryville, Arkansas. Ar yeah, Arkansas. Yeah, 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 yeah. For a few years, and I've been all over. I was in uh, Georgia, I've been all over Arizona, Southern California, Las Vegas, many, many places. Um, used to set up shops for a long time. That's cool. Making uppers and lowers. That's just mine and my forte. I'm just good at machining aluminum. Yeah. Um, it's an art. So, so in the last, you started Fox truck, Mike, uh, seven years. Mm -hmm. So what was the, the pandemic like for you? Um, well, it was crazy. We had, we were growing, uh, we were doubling every year and then we tripled that year because I think it was all the, the fake money, you know, um, like it, we had no meaning, you know? And, uh, but you know, listen, I will, I will take, a uh, little pleasure that um, all these places that were experiencing uh, rioting and stuff like that, that those people became firearm owners too. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was helpful uh, yeah. for the second amendment. And uh, so I think that's a great way to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, we sold a lot of guns to, to, to States that they don't buy a lot of guns, you know, and I think it was good for them, you know, to, to see why you need one. And the pandemic kind of did that, you know? Um, so, I mean, I think what happens is I think everyone around you that's relying on you, you know, you're, you're, everyone's, you know, you're, you know, I'm the, you know, the number one consumer anodizing or QPQ or aluminum in the Pacific Northwest. So like everyone's can, counting on you to keep winning, you know? Yeah. So it was in one, in one aspect, it was great. And then the other aspect is when all that, you know, when you, when they do the brace ban, you know, 20 months ago, and then all that, just the wind comes completely out of your sails and you got to pivot, you know? So the pandemic was great, but I think people thought that was going to go on forever and it just never does. Yeah. You know, would you, would you, would you agree with that? I mean, it just had to end at some point. Though. Yeah. It, just, it, it, I was surprised that, I mean, I don't know how it was in Idaho, but I know once we went off of like what once it wasn't like really mandatory anymore to you know not wear a mask anymore, or everybody just kind of quit doing it in Texas, and I had still buddies that were like, "Oh we, we can't go out, they were in California, you know, we can't go out and do this, and I'm like standing there at h e b like mm -hmm grocery shopping, no problem. You know, we changed our routines and we've still changed some of those, but like it never stopped for us because we were shipping. Like we're a small company, a very small company. Like, Hey, Oh, we're also, we've got that let, you know, we're, we're a, what was it? A, a required company or what was it? Oh yeah. 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 I remember yeah. we were two. We were two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. so we, we didn't stop. Like no, we were 24 we just, days, seven days a week. Only thing we did was like, Hey, if you're sniffling yeah. or if you don't feel good, you're not coming to work. Oh, that's what we did like, too. You just stay home. I'd that's how we, just, that's how yeah. we would, we don't, I didn't want people working sick and that's just a thing anyways. Like yeah. just don't do that. Is it, the problem is that it, well, that, well, that's a whole other side of the pandemic because you, at any time we would have 
because the Boise had very strict standards on, as an employer, what you had to do. And it was between 10 and 14 days that they would get PTO off. We, we were paying that all, right? Yeah. We paid all that, but we had about 30% of the people on average out and people that would take PTO multiple times, one person, six times in a year, six times in a year. PTO because he was he was exposed to someone that was sick. That's all he had to do is say, "Hey, somebody I know was sick," and everybody knew somebody was sick. And there was PTO, PTO, PTO. So we'd have like we'd our staff would be down thirty, forty percent at a time, and at the at the peak, yeah. right? So the rest of the people are just working on godly overtime to try and sustain the volume we're trying to do because the demand's so high, and you know it's that was tough. Did you have people? A lot of people out? No, no. We, we were we were we were pretty small and growing at that point. Um, I came on. Um, in fact, my my third year anniversary coming on with the company was was like pandemic week. I started because they're like, "Hey, we we can't answer these emails, and we need somebody to do this." And so I I kind of came on then. And as we started growing, we're like, "Okay, we'll add one. We'll add two. All right, let's add a, a remote because we don't need that person in." And then let's add another one. And then we kind of leveled out and figured out what, what we were doing. And, you know, our biggest thing was, you know, we had some employees that had other family members that were very sensitive to health issues. So if somebody was able, like, you don't come in or, mm -hmm. hey, you don't come in because so-and-so was sick yesterday and you mm -hmm. don't come in until everybody else here knows, mm -hmm. but it wasn't a government thing. It was still, we were like we, 10 people, you know? Well, we, yeah. And I, I totally understand that. We had some people that had different, you know, one guy was living with his aunt and, and, uh, and she died from it. he's like, cause he was upset that he'd caught it from someone at work yeah. and then he brought it home and then his aunt had died. So that's, that's real stuff that happens, yeah. man. Yeah. That happened, you know, and it's, it's a lot to unpack. You know, and he's justified in having some hurt feelings. And how do I, it's for him, his aunt died. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. you know, and he feels responsible. So I've like, I've, you know, what am I, I, I can't deny him that, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it was a tough, that's, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that side of it. When you asked the question, it was more about like, it's just, those are crazy times. Yeah. Everybody learned everything. Every, every day was a new experience and, yeah. you know, and, and stuff that hopefully, we'll never have to deal with again. Yeah. And if we do have to do that, we know exactly, you know, hopefully at, at least on the, on the business owner side that we've, or operations side that we know what not to do. Yeah. You know, maybe our government's learned to listen. Yeah. I agree. Get, I agree. That. Imagine that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then, so has, has your supply lines, has your supply recovered from that? Are you still dealing with, well, third, third well, and second hand. We were, uh, we had a different real philosophy of it. And our thinking was, well, we were concerned that we wouldn't be able to get material. So we were trying to keep a three month of inventory at a time. And, uh, so, you know, that's, a, that's aluminum, it's steel. It's all those things you need to make a firearm out of. And we would have a three month supply, but a three month supply when you're doing, you know, $2 million a month is different than when you're doing, you know, a fourth of that. Yeah. Right. So. At the end, when the when the, when the PCC market tanked about twenty months ago, we had we've we're still we had we had we had we had made commitments to our partners, and we kept drawing in that material, and so we were we were really really heavy on material. And as it turned out, um, by the time we consumed that material and ordered material again, the cost of aluminum had come back down again. So it just, just by happenstance, when we placed the original order that time before, and then purchase order was consumed and ran out and that, but all that time it took to, to consume all that material. By the time we ordered more, it was at exactly the same point. It was, you know, a couple of years ago when I, or when I placed the original that's order. That's awesome. So it went up and I got lucky. So that's just like Glock does that stuff. Like Glock buys material based on the cost of the material. And when the material hits a certain point, they buy that in volume and they sit on it. Yeah. Yeah, so you can do that. I mean, there's something to be learned from them. They really know what they're doing. They can really run a business. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, you know, we've seen stuff where cost has skyrocketed for manufacturers, and they haven't moved their prices up. So they just ate it, 
and now that that price is going back down then then that's better off for them and and a lot of consumers don't understand that there's there's a lot of dudes that are have have a a lot of extra costs that haven't pushed it down to the consumer well that's a great point you're right everything you're 100 percent right it's not it's even just things like insurance or like for us it was just our triple net on our on our lease uh, we, we ran a big industrial space and our triple net went up by 50 percent within one year which is a huge increase you know it's like that's what they tack on for expenses it doubled like you know, that's just, it's just, you're right. You're hundred percent right. Everything keeps getting more expensive. Mm-hmm. Even your insurance, like any insurance you're getting, it's more expensive. It's like, you know about insurance, Yeah. you yeah. know, you and I have to have that. Yeah. That stuff ain't cheap. Yeah. No, it definitely is not. Definitely. Yeah. But you're right. Not. You're right about that. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things that, that the consumers don't see. The pollen here is totally kicking my butt, even though. I, I thought it was me today too. No, I had the same pollen. thing. It's appalling. It's 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 pretty thick today. Uh, the trees are tr- trying to kill us again. Um, but just you know the the conversations we have on a daily basis, and I know I brought this up in the podcast half a dozen times. Is like you know some 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 people are like, well, we hate drop culture, right? Mm-hmm. We hate the fact that you know if this water bottle, you know, was the was the thing that everybody wants, that they they hate the fact that we'll put it on our website and then it's out out of stock you know, in, in three minutes. Okay. Well, I'm sorry, but I ordered the components of this water bottle 12 and a half months ago before the latest dude on the internet posted about it. Right. So I can't order something that took me nine months to get because it took six months to fully make. Right. There's a lot of people, do y'all do your own Anna? No, we have a great partner, um, Anodizers Inc., and he is a really, really great company. And they're they're neighbors of us. They're like literally across the train tracks, and they do they do. Uh, he's got a process to do colored or camo type three, like mil spec anno. Cool. So he's the only guy in North America that does it. So we do like that. I have some copper guns out there we've been running that are copper. I just like the color. Yeah. And uh, they're they're type three. So we, you know, we don't have anybody locally that we use doing Cerakote or hydro dipping. I'd love to find someone in Idaho, but you know, we'd love to find somebody to do that locally. What yeah. about, what about you? We, we don't do it in house. Well, we I'm we don't manufacture, we're not a manufacturer. So I mean, we, we, do you, do, but, do you have anybody that does it for you? Anyways. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, I'm always working with like unity and badger and everything. And they're like, well, this is at Anno. This is here. That's there. This is there. We'll get this. This is slotted. This has tank time slotted. And so I'm trying to work all that. And then my customer's like, I really want this. Well, that one part that you want, I know you want it, but it's on order and mm. it's waiting for tank time and it's waiting for tool time. And then it, after all that, it's got to be QC'd in box and sent to me. And I ordered 60 of them. I'm going to get 20 and there's 400 people on the wait list. Mm. And there's nothing I can do about that because the back process of all those steps that get to the water bottle that you can't see on the podcast because you're listening. Well, we we do we do have trouble shipping because we're missing a widget, which is like the one thing you need exactly what you're saying. Yeah. We we do we deal with that all the time and you're right. I mean, you're you're we have a we have a partner, a really good partner um that does our Melanite or QPQ. Really great partner. We've known him for a long time and they're struggling. And and he's short staffed right now mm-hmm. and he's he's sitting on a lot of our inventory with the, but you don't you don't find out who a good when who a good partner is unless you're going through bad times. Everyone's a good partner in the good time. So I have to model what I want from him as a partner. So when he's going through tough times, I have to suck it up yep. and vice versa. So he's going through some tough times and that's, you're right. That's affected us. Yep. But I've, but you kind of, you just, you find a way to manage. Yep. You just find a way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For and, sure. Yeah. So, but you're right about that. Yeah. If, if you're, we're, we, we're, we're in that situation all the time. We're missing one piece. It's a lot easier when you have a three month supply on the shelf, like yeah. we would do back then. We never, we, well, we sold everything we made, like within, as soon as it was completed, if we had a kit within 24 hours, it was built and shipped. And we did that for like three years. So when you talk about the, the, the brace yeah, falling out. Tell me about that because yeah. on, on my end, it was like, okay, well, we couldn't order them, right, to, to yeah. sell. And then recently, there's been the the the, the talk or the, the law, right? We're probably, what, 60 days into that deal of of the countdown on there. 
But once they started talking about it, y'all, you well, saw an issue. It's not that. It's that distributors don't want to. Last thing a distributor wants is to carry something that could potentially be illegal. And they're making all the buying decisions for the end user that's going to visit their site or whatever. Or the people, if it's a distributor, if they're, you know, it's a big, you know, RSR or whatever, and they choose not to buy it, then all the people downstream from them mm-hmm. don't have access to, to it per it. se. So, but what we found is some consumers still wanted to, so basically about 20 months ago, they, they, there was this thing where they gave you this bar graph where you could decide if you were a felon or not. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, you know what, this is just a waste of time. And what's going to happen is they're going to come out with a ruling is going to say, yeah, you can use this form. And, oh, by the way, if you put it against your, your cheek, you're a felon. I'm well, that's what's going to happen. And that's, sure enough, that's what they said, right? Well, let's talk about GOA. You know, um, they're out there fighting for our rights, and they've done a lot of great things, and they deserve credit for what they've done in the past. And when they tell me they think they're going to overturn it, I, I believe them. And I can tell you in the past, um, I'm very skeptical about these things yeah. because you've seen it reversed and unreversed and reversed and – so I, I'm cautiously optimistic that that will go away. Uh, but boy, did it really damage every, you know, we, like I said, I got 30 mm-hmm. blue collar people that work for me and they all, and they're all trying to provide for their families. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it hurt us personally because that's, we, our lane was long and narrow, right? We just had to pivot. We did well for ourselves. We didn't spend all our money and we, we got, we're here now. We're still around. We had this other thing to sell, but if we didn't, we probably would have gone under. Yeah. I know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like we saw a significant drop in anything less than thirteen seven. Like thirteen seven was as, as a, we we sell sixteen inch gun or sixteen inch barrel here and there, mm-hmm. some longer stuff. But that thirteen seven was was pretty hot. But you know, eleven five, ten five, we would sell those. Sell those. You know, they come in, they go out. They came in as soon as they started talking about the brace band. That stuff stopped mm-hmm. moving, and as soon as they started talking about it in December, we're like, "Hey, that's an all like, bad. I'm not ordering that." That's no, after I'm that. I'm not ordering that. I don't want it. Like, I can't get it. I don't want it. Well, what we have going for us is that gun that we currently sell. It comes. We sell it with a pick rail adapter. A guy can operate it like a handgun from a sling. Yep. It fits. It's, it fits in a truck. It's. It does. It. You know. It's. It's. Imagine a AR pistol with no buffer tube and just a pick rail on the back. It's a compelling thing to keep it as a as in the in the truck or whatever you know it's yeah. ha- it's handy to have around, and those things still sell for us, but the market is I, the the market's kind of in a a phase where they don't they're trying to figure out what's yeah. what's going to happen next what's going to happen next yep because I mean it could just be one one court case from going back to the old normal before the normal before that you know yeah. I mean, and yeah, I I think it's a weird time right now. Yeah, I think uh, who knows what's going to happen with all that. Yeah, and if if I, I tell people a lot when we're talking about you know, there could be one ruling for California, and they flip the switch and and they say that their assault weapons bans unconstitutional, and my warehouse is empty tomorrow, or our our warehouse is empty tomorrow because it's gone. Yeah, like it's gone. They all there's a whole what? How big's California? How many? How, you know, I mean, how many gun owners are out there? I mean, that was that was a huge. That was like people don't understand how big a market they were before they got neutered by the DOJ. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were a huge. I mean, at, at some points they were the second, or they would they were usually the second or the third largest market in North America. Yep. And we want to support them. We want to sell them things. So we we bring every time we do these shows, we bring this passion project that uh, we've been messing with, which is a ranch rifle. And it's basically, it's an AR with an integrated upper on the top, but it has a Magpul shotgun stock on it. And it's, it's compelling. And it, you got it, one over there? Yeah. It shoots, gonna, a, shoots an I'm, AR magazine. Shoots an AR-15 magazine. We're going to wrap magazine. up real quick and we're going to go. No, we, we, you put a 10 round mag in it. It's legal. You put a muzzle brake on the front. That's legal in California, at least for now. Yep. You know, and that's, it's a totally untapped market. I, I personally like the gun. Uh, it was one of those things that it was just, when you do firearm design, sometimes you get a win and it wasn't planned win. And this was one of those things that's just handy, the ergonomics that the, there's something about shooting that compared to an AR style or an AK style rifle. It's a very different experience and it's fun. It's a fun gun to shoot. Listen, I want you to be skeptical. Okay. That's what I ask. Okay. And uh, you tell me what you think. Okay. I will do. I will do. So where's Foxtrot Mike going? 
in the future? And where can our listeners find a little bit more about you? Well, we're doing, uh, we have our website, uh, which is fm-products.com. Uh, we're currently selling our new AK-102 variant at Atlantic Firearms. Um, they've been great partners to us. Um, we'd like to share that experience uh, of success uh, being a new partner with them, and we want to see them succeed. So check out Atlantic Firearms. But we're kind of everywhere. We're in, you know, Classic and Brownells and Optics Planet and Rainier and Brownells and Primary Arms and all those typical places, the majority of them. We are in those places. Okay. And uh, we will have a retail website in probably 90 days to serve um, the market when our stuff is constantly sold out. <laughs> and uh, we want to keep, we want them to have access to our stuff. Right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then we're doing a 762 by 39 variant of the um, AK um, that we may do. Um, yeah, we may do an AR variant, but we'll just probably do a, a, an AK variant. We're very excited about that. That'll be coming in. That's that's the next big thing we're working on in the next quarter. I'm super excited about that. And Instagram, Facebook? Instagram. We have the longest uh, name in the industry. It's Foxtrot Mike Products. Uh, we have an Instagram page. Uh, we have a YouTube page. Um, Facebook, we don't use as much as we should. Yeah. yeah. Do you use much Facebook? No. Neither do I. No. It's a pain. It is. Instagram's getting there. It is. What do you do? What we do, we do Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. The podcast is on YouTube, but, uh, you know, we primarily communicate with our customer base off of email because uh, it doesn't get silenced, you know? Agreed. And like right now, if you typed in big text, you'd have to type in the full, you know, the full account on Instagram, right? Imagine that. Yeah. 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 Right. Imagine that. (laughs) Dude. Paul, thank you very much. Hey, man. Thanks it was a for, pleasure, pleasure hanging on. out with you today. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast, go check them out. Foxtrot Mike Products. Yep. Uh, on all of the things. And if you first discover the Big Text Podcast because you're a Foxtrot Mike fan, thank you for listening. Give us a rating. Give us a review. And check us out at BigTextCoordinates.com or, Big or BTOGear.com as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.